in Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains, friends from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here for another terrific Tuesday, Torch Report 405, the collage of perfect imperfection, understanding the myth of equality and why the communists always have to eat their own. Something struck me this morning as I was reading an article about how communists always end up killing communists, right? They, they have to purge the unpure, as it were. It happened in Mao's time, Stalin's time. They always end up killing their own. It's happened every single time there's been a communist revolution. Once the commies are in charge, they turn on each other, you know, whether it's out of suspicion of corruption or somebody's not being true enough to the party, wrong thinking, all of that. But the result is ultimately party officials get lined up against the wall and shot time and again. History repeats itself. So there's a lesson there, you know. Now, while today's democratic socialists want to pretend that they're not communists, and of course they'd argue until they were blue in the face against using the label communist, they are, in fact, a bunch of damn communists. So socialists, communists, Marxists, whatever you want to call them, all the modern-day liberals, they're all part of this collective hive mind. They all consider themselves to be progressive because they aspire to push humanity toward progress. And of course, progress is an, it's invariably flawed in nature. You know, all this progress is really moving toward pie in the sky ideals like equality and justice and inclusion. And that's why you see these words everywhere in their propaganda. I mean, it's ad nauseum. You know, there, there's, there's a reason for that ad nauseum, repetitive propaganda. And that's because repetition works. They keep using these words like equality and justice and inclusion because they're literally branding these ideas into the public psyche. And by doing so, they're changing the way that people see the world. Now, with the advent of modern methods like algorithmic social interventions and all of that, these collectivists now have powerful new means to manipulate humanity at scale. They can manipulate the masses all around the world. And the science of memetics is really what helps explain how this works. I'm going to get into it just a little bit here today. You know, the science of memetics, we've talked about it before, uh, going way back uh, the beginning of the year, actually. But memetics is, is, is the idea of how concepts spread like a viral contagion. It's the root of the woke mind virus. And of course, that's become such a hot topic in modern parlance. Thanks to Ron DeSantis you know, calling out the woke mind virus. People are talking about this. But given the, these facts, you know, many people have observed how liberalism and leftism and being woke and all of this, these are actually symptoms. They're indicators of an infectious mental disease. None of this is speculation, friends, and it's not really meant to be a partisan attack, though I did do a report on is liberalism and an infectious disease. That was way back, Torch Report 158. But this is ultimately meant to be a warning, warning, warning to my fellow human beings. You know, if there is a deadly self-destructive mental disease going around and it's driving everyone crazy, it's like mad cow disease. It's like the mad humanity disease. But shouldn't we be talking about this? Doesn't this infectious mental disease help explain 
why everything is so insane right now? Doesn't it help explain why as many as 40% of college students or Gen Ys, are, they now identify as LGBTQ, you know? Some people are calling this out. And they're calling it like a social contagion. I saw an article out there uh, in the New York Post here. I'm sorry, Washington Times calling out the uh, social contagion aspect of the LGBTQ agenda. But I actually believe it, you know, it's, it's the work of the woke mind virus. In other words, it's the work of memetics. And just to be clear here, when I'm talking about memetics, the woke mind virus or just mental viruses in, de- in general, infectious mental disease, it, I'm not out on a limb here. Okay, the, Even academics think that we're, we should be taking memetics seriously. And I put a little screenshot here of you know searching for the science of memetics. You see, taking memetics seriously. You know, these are coming from Oxford. These are coming, you know, Darwinizing culture, memetic engineering, the new science of memetics, the case against it coming from Cambridge. Okay, so high level thinkers have been chewing on this. And I also want to point out that the science of memetic engineering has such powerful implications. This idea that uh, we can spread ideas like a mental disease, okay, that it spreads like a viral contagion. The idea is so powerful that the U.S. military has been studying and deploying memetics as a weapon of war. Now, I'm not going to deep dive into all that right now today because I don't have time, but for further study, I did put a few links in the report today. The Institute for Defense Analyses, memetics, they provide an overview and a baseline of memetic models. The Military Intelligence Professional Bulletin, they have memetic warfare, the future of war. The United States Marine Corps School of Advanced Warfighting, they've got a a little thing here, the memetics in U.S. military operations. So those things are out there if you want to dive into it. I think it would be wise at all times to keep in mind right now, weaponized AI, intelligent machines are deploying these tactics against humanity. But the point I want to make today is that we're all susceptible to these various mental worms that can bore their way into our brains if given a chance. It's, I like, you know, I think about boring in like a worm eating an apple, you know, the, the way that the mental worm bores into the brain, it's an apt mental image, right? As a thought enters the mind, it lights up the various neural pathways. When it lights up the neural pathways, then it triggers the associated release of hormones and biochemicals, and then that kicks off a cascade of physiological sensations. Thoughts lead to feelings, and in doing so, they build a network of connections in our brain. And over time, through repetition, a thought becomes a mental habit, meaning we're no longer thinking the thought, but it's still there, operating as an assumption or as a belief just beneath the threshold of awareness. Now, Though this typically happens beneath the threshold of conscious awareness, uh, through our own intentional observation of our own inner workings, we can bring these patterns to light. We can become aware if if our mind has been infected by a mental virus, so to speak. But it requires uh, effort. It requires technique. It requires an elevation of awareness. Regardless of all that, regardless of whether we're aware of them or not, mental memes ultimately create thicker neural pathways by continually reinforcing synaptic connections. And that's what makes, you know, these patterns of thought, mental habits happen. So, uh, alas, friends, I digress. Ultimately, 
we don't have to understand the science of it to understand that it works uh, or that the science of it is being used to transform human consciousness like we've been talking about here recently. Oftentimes, the mental worm enters the mind as a single thought, a simple, unassuming, and seemingly harmless thought, a thought that bypasses critical thinking by stimulating emotions that immediately capture the biological brain. Sympathy and compassion, these are amongst the most common targets. I mean, also rage and fear and all that, but sympathy and compassion, that's really the whole globalist agenda is rooted on targeting these emotions. Because when you you feel for someone, oh gosh, that's so hard. Uh, That's not fair. That's not equal. That's not just, that's not inclusive, whatever. When you feel for someone, you're motivated to do something in order to help them out. That's just human nature. It's predictable, is it not? <laughs> and therein lies the problem. Because they understand human nature and that these this predictable pattern, you know, that's how they exploit human nature, exploit the masses, exploit humanity, and get people to buy into all these feel-good utopian socialist fantasies. So let's take the concept of equality, just as one example. Consider how the word equality evokes different emotions in different people. Now, when I hear the word equality, it pisses me off because I'm thinking, bunch of damn liberals. But when the liberals hear the word equality, they oh, they're, they're, their heart just gushes with altruism, right? And liberals claim that all people want to be in, and all people have the right to be treated equal. But is that true? that all people want to be and have the right to be treated equal. Friends, the correct answer is wrong. That's not true. It's a nice idea, the idea that everyone wants to be treated equal, but it really has no basis in reality. In fact, if one were to simply evaluate the nature of human beings, we can see that this idea that equality, you know, everybody wants to be treated equal, that's demonstrably false. The truth is Different people want to be treated differently and for different reasons. And if you think about it, it makes sense, right? Some people want to be revered. Some people want to be feared. Some people want to be loved. Some people want to be submissive. Some people want to be in charge and on and on. But the point is clear. Different people want and expect to be treated differently. And as for the reasons of all these differences, it's ultimately, you know, it could be as simple as genetic predisposition and personal proclivity, or it could be as complex as emotional addiction to patterns of abuse. Okay. We're very complex creatures and our, our motivations are often messy, but the idea of equality is a powerful tool for mimetic engineering, even though it's demonstrably false, it doesn't exist, you know, it's still a powerful tool for mimetic engineering. It's a highly contagious concept that stimulates people to take action despite the fact that it's not rooted in reality or based upon rational thinking. What the idea of equality does is it evokes empathy and it conjures sympathy right out of thin air. Now, there's a subtle distinction here. Empathy is our ability to relate to other human beings, right? As a human being, we can imagine 
the experience of another human being. You might imagine somebody stubbed their toe. Ah, I can imagine that. Ooh, yeah, okay. You know, I can empathize or, or somebody's struggling or having a hard time. I can empathize with that. And so we can, by imagining what, what somebody's experiencing, we can feel what they might feel like. That's empathy. Now, sympathy is slightly different. Sympathy is, is feeling bad for someone. It's commiserating. It's, it's sharing in their sorrow. It's feeling pity. It's getting down and wallowing around in the emotions with them. The difference is subtle, friends, but it is significant because empathy is initiated through intellect. Sympathy is initiated through emotion. You know, understanding where someone else is at and how they're feeling, that's substantially different than just feeling sorry for someone. Okay? Empathy requires a greater degree of EQ and intelligence than merely sympathizing and feeling pity for people. It is precisely this fact, friends, that predatory educators exploit when they are indoctrinating our children. Now, as a side note, uh, this whole thing about sympathy, I really, I just, it, as a parent, I noticed how early in a child's development children learn to elicit sympathy. In essence, right, if a kid is acting sad or hurt or they're pouty, you know, an adult is more likely to give them what they want. And they know this instinctively long before they have the mental maturity to grasp the psychology of it all, right? They know it works. Uh, and of course, I think we've all seen this a million times. Now, interestingly enough, there are plenty of adults who seek to exploit this very same mechanism. Plenty of adults seek sympathy. They want people to feel bad for them. They like the attention. They like the chance of getting something for nothing, all because they've, they've played the part of a victim. Oh, poor baby me. Okay? These people who seek sympathy, they are highly manipulative. And as a matter of fact, if you were to observe them, you, you would observe that they have a certain pattern of expression, facial expression. A little scrunched forehead. Oh, it's such a hard time, you know. Anyway, once you recognize the patterns of expression associated with seeking sympathy, you can see it a mile away. And just for the record, people like that disgust me. But let's get back to the progressive ideals. I want to talk about the myth of equality. The myth of equality is a concept that I developed uh, while I was studying philosophy in college. I've long contended that there is no such thing as equality. It does not exist in the natural world. And therefore, you know, equality amounts to little more of, than a flawed perspective. It's based on irrational thinking. Okay, the concept is incongruent with reality. And I want, I'll spare you the nuance here, but suffice it to say, friends, that if equality does not exist except for as a figment of the imagination, then it is utterly impossible to achieve equality as a social standard or a societal norm. That doesn't stop them from spreading it like a mimetic virus, but it, it's impossible. Okay, And again, this it seems so clear to me. It's probably very clear to you, but it's long baffled me how so many people can fail to grasp such a simple concept, you know? Why do so many people hold equality in such a high regard? Like equality is the, is the kumbaya, the holy grail of goodness. The simple answer is, of course, because we've been culturally conditioned to do so. But underlying the idea of equality, underlying each of the concepts promoted by socialists and communists and progressives, etc., is this same flawed idea. 
equality itself ultimately is built on the notion of sameness, right? And sameness is another concept that's at odds with reality. We're not all the same. We're not all equal. And yet, the cultural conditioning of these concepts methodically instilled through various institutions has created an immersive experience where everyone can act and pretend as if we all value equality the same way, as if we all desire to be treated the same and we're all equal. That's not true. You know, I'm living proof that this is not true. As this report attests, this is not true. I'm just saying, you know, it, <clears throat> we got to shatter the illusions. And we do so by coming face to face with these layers of thinking that directly distort one's perception of reality. Now, friends, I know I'm a little philosophical today, and I, I appreciate you bearing with me. You know, this is all part of human nature, and it's human nature that makes all of these progressive fantasies fall apart. We're not the same. We're not equal. You know, justice is subjective. Uh, we're not inclusive by nature, right? We're tribal. That's not a bad thing. You know, we are different. We're unique. We're forever at odds with people who disagree. And that's not a bad thing either. I believe that the idea that everyone should think the same and share the same values and have the same beliefs is absolutely absurd. Who the hell thinks that's ever going to happen? It's impossible. So to, you know, this too is a sign of the woke mind virus, the sameness, you know, in all of its myriad manifestations, sameness is a symptom of the collective mental disease. And as we know, you know, mental disease leads to delusions. And since mental disease leads to delusions, that's why the commies always kill each other. Since they've progressed to their socialist utopia, and inevitably, once they get there, it's never perfect. It's never as perfect as they had imagined. There's always something wrong, right? And they assume the reason that things are falling apart is because someone's not doing their part. Someone's not being a good human being. Or maybe it's because these leaders are not devout enough to the cause or whatever the reason may be. It's always falling apart because why? Human nature. But ultimately, they're trying to find this, you know, something to blame it on, right? And so however it plays out, the end result is always the same. First, they have to eradicate dissent because the dissent is what disrupts peace and stability. And then they have to eat their own. That's the way it works. Otherwise, their progress stops. They're progressive. We've progressed. We've progressed. We've progressed. Now we've got the great inescapable socialist surveillance state. Woohoo! You know, kumbaya, effing yah. But then what? Progress stops and their reason for living is all for naught. And there is no peace and stability because we're not all equal and we don't all want the th same things. And so there's always a conflict of interest and people fighting over what's best and fighting over resources. That's the fact of reality. But, friends, you know, humanity is messy, right? So from my perspective, as a lowly peasant, why mess with perfection? You know, it seems to me that reality itself is a collage of perfect imperfection. Reality is, in fact, a manifestation of perfect imperfection. That's the way I see it. And that is the message of my heart for today, friends. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to click the heart in the... Uh, well, 
go to the email, click your email, go to the website, thetorchreport.com. Click the heart and give me some love. And in fact, click a whole bunch of hearts. It helps boost me in the algorithms. Friends, don't forget, you can subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. And you can support this publication by joining the Patriot Club. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this terrific Tuesday, friends. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.